Well, I, I was going to say, I, you know, I'm, I'm not super into social media because I've just always noticed how bad I feel when I use it. <laughs> so, so I feel like I'm kind of a, a weird person to comment on any of this because I've literally never used Twitter. I think, well, actually, maybe I used it once to post something for somebody I was doing personal assistant work for. So there's a way that I see it all as kind of like, woof, man, it's just like a whole weird world um, that I just don't interact with a lot. But but I do really care about um, like the free movement of ideas and, and dialogue and discourse. And I think there's, there is merit to that space. I, I think there's something inherently weird about humans communicating without even being able to hear the inflection of each other's voices, let alone each other's facial expressions and body language. Right. But, um, but I, I do still think like, here we are, it's the modern age and this is how we're choosing to communicate with each other. And I think there's something really cool about how, how the internet can connect people who live very far away from each other um, but can connect them in like in these, you know, um, cyber tribes, so to speak. And I think there's something really powerful about that. But to go back to what Dylan was saying about activists, it reminds me of I, I forget I forget the exact quote, but this idea that <laughs> this idea that um, <laughs> if you if you think you have all the answers, that's often like the most closed-minded and and potentially the the least intelligent place to hang out. Whereas the people who, who know that they probably don't know and who know that they need to learn more um, and who don't just live inside of their opinions and overly identify with their opinions uh, are often the, the more intelligent and kind of wise people. And so um, not to paint myself as the most great, because <laughs> I still I definitely identify with my opinions, but I, I think there's something really valuable about being curious and being willing to explore all the possibilities of how how are people thinking about things what what have they discovered to be true or what is something they're considering so i think the free yeah. the free uh, free range thoughts is i guess how i'm thinking of it that's what i like Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Cancelled is Everyone. But that's not right. Everyone isn't cancelled? What is it? Michaela, remind me. I can't seem to remember. No, Nobody's cancelled? Is that nobody's what it is? Nobody's cancelled? No, I think you can no, get it. No one is cancelled? I'm relying on you. Everyone is cancelled. Everyone is cancelled, <laughs> including you. Welcome back. I love you guys. I'm your host, Michaela McDonald, and I have with me this week... Dylan Randall. Yes. And Captain, <laughs> Sir, Regulator, Man of the Northeast, Knowledge of Rabbit Man, John Morgan. How you doing today? Oh, hello, everybody. Your intro is going to start taking the whole episode here pretty soon, John. <laughs> it's dangerously quiet over well, there. Well, I don't know. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Hmm. Better. Is this like the uh, optometrist? Better, worse. Better, yes. Wait. How about this? Better, worse. Mm, worse. All right, how about this? Better, worse. Yeah. Better. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad that's not my job. Proctologists are that way. No. So funny. Dylan, you've been... No. Shh. It's okay. You're going to be okay. We're talking about the eye doctor, not the butt doctor. It's literally the same thing. <laughs> They're both eye doctors if you really think about it. Okay, I fixed it. John fixed it. He fixed himself. Just for you guys. 
Welcome back. This is episode 63. 63. And this week we're going to be talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter and what that means, not only nationally, but internationally. It's, uh, it could be a huge ripple in the power spectrum uh, as far as free speech goes. And I think it's a, what is it, a $53, million, $53 billion buyout he's putting on the table. And Twitter has held an all-hands-on-deck meeting deciding whether to sell the rest of their stocks to Elon Musk or not. Now, he is already the largest shareholder as of recent um, as of recent discoveries are going uh, in Twitter, and he denied a seat on the board of directors. His reasoning was that it would take away his ability to criticize the platform. Now, Elon Musk, for those who don't know, is the he, he helped found PayPal, and he sold the company, and he founded uh, Tesla. He's the largest shareholder of, shareholder of Tesla, electric car making, and he is the founder of SpaceX, which is currently already taking American astronauts to the International Space Station, making money there. He's purported to be the first man who's going to land on Mars, and he's also noted as saying that landing on Mars is easier than changing our school system. He is a proponent of free speech and basically one of the biggest critics of Twitter, uh, which is known for censoring free speech and any rhetoric that is not in agreement with the far left narrative. Now, many Twitter employees are already crying their crocodile tears because they're literally angry that they will no longer be able to censor people, quite literally, for not agreeing with their own opinions. Uh, John, I don't know how much you've heard about this. Michaela and I have discussed this a little bit by now. What, what's your take on this whole thing? Oh, wow. Uh, it's a really interesting, uh, deep subject. Because I think there's a lot going on here uh, more than just, you know, Elon Musk uh, buying a uh, another company. Um I think this is a a very good icebreaker to a conversation about American oligarchs and their role in American history from the very founding of the Constitution to where we are present. Because as much as we, we like to tout that, you know, America is the land of the free, um, that's not entirely true anymore. Uh, it as far as civilization and cultures go, um, the idea of free, it's more of the idea of freedom than the practicality of freedom. Um, you can buy a house and own it, but if you don't pay your taxes, then it becomes property of the state. That's not freedom, right? You, you are always um, at the, you are always at the beck and call of, of your, your, your authorities, your local authorities and your federal authorities. Um, Throughout our history, we have had, much like any other uh, large modern civilization, um, oligarchs, and and you can track these oligarchs, um, you know, based on on their uh, their morality, uh, their um, spiritualism, on their politics, on their uh, business ventures, in in the ups and downs of the American economy. 
Uh, I think that part of the problem that we have right now is that uh, much like Russia, we have a lot of oligarchs that are all on the same page for, you know, for their agenda rather than the agenda of America. Seems to be and, the case. You know, yeah, and, and Trump was one of these oligarchs who um, took it upon himself to put him in a, in a public place of power. And, and, you know, fundamentally because he wanted to get America back on track. Um, and as a businessman, you know, America being uh, the largest business in the world, uh, it, you know, that worked. Uh, it wasn't palatable because Trump's not really palatable. Um, but as you can see now, um, <clears throat> the, the old oligarchs that, you know, have been, you know, planning and scheming and organizing since the 1960s um, are, are now back in influence. Uh, things are not going well. And you have some private investors, uh, Elon Musk um, included, who have become oligarchs um, through their own risk-reward capitalist uh, um, you know, successes that uh, have taken an interest in revitalizing what makes America special. And that is that the power does not belong to the federal government. It does not belong to the state. It belongs to the people. And, and how do you take power from 335 million people? You divide them. And you section them into tribes, and you and you break up that power, mm. and and so what Elon is doing is he's making a power grab at one of the most influential social media platforms in America and really across the world. Mm. And the only reason it's not more internationally um, prestigious is because a lot of countries have deep censorship. Um, Russia, China, uh, even some of the European countries have uh, censorship policies that keep this in check. And what he's proposing, you know, really threatens to break down that barrier. And um, and I think it I think it's a really interesting conversation because it's not necessarily about one man having control. There's always been one man in control of something. Right, that's not really the issue. The issue is that, you know, one man who's worth two hundred and eighty billion dollars is taking, um, you know, what would that be? A a tenth of that, hmm. forty forty one million or forty one billion or whatever it is, hmm. to uh, to assert his agenda that people should be able to say whatever they want, and that that doesn't string too because right now you know they're parts of our society, a small percentage that don't want you to say whatever you want um, because they want you to say what they want you to say and believe what you what they want you to believe. Um, yeah, Michaela brings so, up a good point often about uh, we have a few people like the direct, uh, board of directors on Twitter really normalizing, censoring people and ostracizing people and making them less than human so that we have more and more of what's taking place in the far left and even just the normal left at this point, which is drastically changing. It's not what it was in John F. Kennedy's day. Uh, and, and they are normalizing, turning people who live in the country, people who don't agree with them, 
making them less than human so that they find a way to normalize taking away their freedom of speech. Which, if, if there's one commonality that America was founded on, one commonality, as far as legislation goes, right, it's that we were founded on the fact that no matter what your opinion is, if you're an American, we all should be defending each other's right to the freedom of speech, even if you find the person who disagrees with you the most. True Americans defend each other's right to disagree openly. That is what an American is. And if you no longer believe that, uh, I see it as an act of treason and a reason to move the, the hell out of this country and go live in China where you think you'll be happy. Because if you do not defend my right to the freedom of speech like I defend yours, no matter how much we disagree, really inherently, uh, you do not define what truly makes an American, in my opinion. And really what a lot of our founding fathers uh, died to create. And so Elon Musk, the beauty of America is that we do live in, in an engine that supports the balancing of the scales. So Elon Musk says, fine, you guys want to play this game? I can play this game too. And he is buying, <laughs> he's such a genius because Trump, he, he was basically banned from social media, right? But Elon Musk, being a, a defender of freedom, see, he plays four steps ahead. He says, you know what, instead of waiting to get banned by Twitter, I'm just, I'm just going to buy Twitter. <laughs> what a genius move. And he's just going to be running Twitter from Mars. And I love that because not only is he, he's doing this for the American people. I see this as a true patriotic move. And he's not even from America. Yeah. Like being an American is a state of heart. We became the best country in the world because we welcomed immigrants legally Remember that word, legally, uh, so that the ones who wanted to escape a place that wasn't America, wasn't free, could come here and contribute what they had. And Elon Musk is in a, a, the perfect example of what makes America the best country that has ever existed, in, at least in recent times, uh, talking about a thousand years plus, right? So we, we literally were the first country to abolish slavery, slavery globally. We were the first ones to do that, and somehow they're using that against us now. Uh, we were the first to do, we created the internet. We are responsible for the internet, which brought freedom to, to the globe, right? And it was Al Gore, right? Al Gore invented the internet? You know, it's a, it, it, I went down this rabbit hole and I wanted to do an episode on it. It was a, a multiple decade long co-founder experience, and it, it's such a, an interesting story. So many people had a hand in it, and it started far further back than than we actually realize. Yeah. And it was a, kind of a secret government program before we even knew what it was. It's a really cool story. Mm. Um, but it, eventually, it was America that did end up founding it. It's incredible. It's, it reminds me of NASA, the way we put our minds together to, create, to, to land on the moon. Mm. But anyways, Elon Musk is a perfect example of what an American is. He wasn't born here. But he came here as an immigrant knowing that it was the best choice and he contributed to this country. And now we have an immigrant saving freedom. Mm -hmm. Just like our founding fathers. They weren't, a lot of them weren't born here. Mm -hmm. They came here trying to create something good. Mm -hmm. So I, I, my hat really goes off to Elon Musk 
And the fact that he has the ability to do this shows me that there is hope left. That this is what America is. It's founded on the, the ability to go left and right, and the pendulum continues to swing. Mm. Michaela, what are, what are your thoughts on all of this? Mm. Well, it's interesting, too, because it's, it's not necessarily a great business decision. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's profit to be found in Twitter, and I'm sure that, you know, he can make money from this investment. But... I really do see how, at least from my perspective, it does seem like this move is about so much more than money. And like you said, it's you know 10% of his wealth. That's really not that big of a deal for, I mean, it's, it's something, it's not nothing, but uh, because he does have so much wealth. I, I, anyway, I just think it's wonderful that he's able to make this move. And, and it's interesting too, because I, I don't know all the logistics of, you know, the the stockholders and all of that, but it does seem like for Twitter to turn down this offer, that means that they're not, you know, being, what is that word, fiduciarily responsible to their investors and their stockholders. And so I don't know if they're going to be able to say no legally. Yeah, from what I understand, they've offered, Elon Musk offered a pretty good, Pretty good price. Yeah, because it was like he offered. It sounds like it was like over ten, maybe ten dollars more per share than it was than the market price. That's what I heard. Right. Um, One of the most recent things they did was um, the board on Friday uh, adopted. It's a like a poison pill, right? It's a corporate move that prevents Elon from acquiring more than fifteen percent of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but that pill may not stop other entities or people from acquiring their own shares of up to 15% of the company. So one of the things Elon is looking at doing is partnering up with other investors. Mm-hmm. right? So if he gets like three or four other people, and this includes, um, uh, it's a private equity firm called uh, Silver Lake Partners, um, which was going to co-invest with him in 2018 when he was considering about taking Tesla private. Um, mm-hmm. This uh, co-CEO of Silver Lake, Egon, Egan Durbin, um, is a Twitter board member. So I'm not entirely, like, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, and it would be really interesting to read about this, you know, five, ten years down the road yeah. when um, people start writing memoirs about it. Yeah. Yeah, that will be interesting. I'm curious to loop back, John. You were talking about oligarchs. What is there like a specific definition of what an what makes somebody an oligarch or not? Yeah, an oligarch would be like a private citizen who has acquired enough wealth to be to be um, um, independently um, powerful in the country. Mm. So. You know, Russian oligarchs are sometimes they're old generals, you know, retired generals that have wealth, but they also have influence. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things that, that the United States did during this war with Ukraine was they started sanctioning the oligarchs. Like, you know, the, the old, the, these are generally old men with old money who have used it um, to gain power in the government. Mm. So um, I think America oligarchs are a little bit more savvy than that um they aren't necessarily uh it's not necessarily old money Mm -hmm. um you like jeff bezos 
I would I would consider him an American oligarch. Right. Uh, Elon Musk, um, the Rockefellers. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I mean, like the list is is pretty long. And, George and Soros of them is old. Soros, right? Right. Um, and and I think I think one of the things that happens is that you know when you have like fifty or six, you know, fifty or so people in the country or even across the world that have American interests, but they also have behind them, you know, a hundred, two hundred billion dollars uh, of cash and assets and agendas. And, and they use that money for lobbying and, and these other things. Um, one small, I was having a really interesting conversation today uh, with a friend of mine and when you think about you know where money is going and and how it's moving, um, you know uh, clean energy is a big thing right now. And in order to produce more energy, you need to have energy consumers. But the more that you conserve energy, you have less consuming. So you need to find more people to invest in in energy usage. So in our state, um, you know the the local state has legalized marijuana. So now the the utility companies are approaching, um, you know, cannabis uh, growers because they use a very um, trackable um, statistical amount of energy per day to, to grow cannabis plants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so they're bringing these people into the fold. Now, when cannabis goes federal, that all kind of falls apart. But because Connecticut has uh, the highest in the, in the United States has the highest cost of energy. So it, eventually, when it goes federal and it becomes marijuana becomes a, a federally legalized drug, then they'll go to the cheapest energy rates. But at least for now, mm. um, you know they're you know they're bringing these people in because they use energy. Well, to offset that, you know, alcohol companies are like, well, they start lobbying because people are going to start using more marijuana and less alcohol, but they want people to use alcohol. So now you'll start seeing all these ads about how marijuana is bad for your health and all these things. And they come from everything is, it it can be sourced back to somebody's agenda. Um, Hmm. And it's, we, as a, and this is something that is completely lost on most citizens. And I think one of the reasons why people Feel there was, you know, re, there was a an article here where a researcher a researcher says Elon Musk owning Twitter data is incompatible with democracy. Well, the only reason that is true is because people have forfeited their right of thinking for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Because content on social media platforms can influence public opinion and lead to behavior changes. Um, that these sites and these websites and these uh, social media platforms hold a tremendous amount of power. And so they're saying, well, you're putting that much power in the hands of a single person would be incompatible with democracy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's already in the hands of, of one or two people. Just right. having a board there doesn't mean that it's in the hands of like five people. Right, yeah. And it's not like we democratically voted as a people of the United States who should be on the exactly. board of Twitter. Right, and so who's yeah, dumping money said into that Twitter? Twitter right now? and Facebook need to be treated. If if you operate it, or TikTok, if it's operated on American soil, then the First Amendment applies. Mm-hmm. Just like when you walk into a Starbucks, you don't lose the right to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's and that's something Trump was trying to do. I think it was Section Two Forty Three, mm. 
And, uh, you know, he was trying to confront people like Jack Dorsey of Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, saying, listen, the First Amendment applies when Americans use it on American soil. And there's a large problem there when, especially in a pandemic, when people aren't even allowed to lose their house. That's a different discussion. Leave mm-hmm. their house. Mm-hmm. And all they're doing is communicating on social media. Mm-hmm. It funnels your thinking. Right. Yeah. It's a thought funnel. Yeah. I'm guilty of it too, but you have to have an open mind. And when somebody, you know, when somebody speaks against your opinion, you know, I would say 99% of people instantly go on the defensive instead of taking the time to evaluate the criticism and change their own opinion, Mm -hmm. or at least understand their opinion enough to disagree with the criticism. Yeah. We just get super tribal. They're like, no. My party doesn't think that way. Yeah. I don't care about your party. What do you think? It's an interesting observation because <laughs> uh, colleges, the place, the place that is supposed to be supposedly supposed to defend uh, intellectuals and, and open conversation, cultivate, cultivate and cultivate that it, open-mindedness, are the first ones right now defending censorship and activism. And I, I argue right. that any activist is. Uh, is basically uh, anti-American because an activist means that you have to paint someone as an enemy. Jordan Peterson talks about this. This isn't an activist means that you supposedly know who the enemy is and that you are so much holier than thou that you have painted them as a target and you attack them rather and you burn down buildings or whatever it is. It, it, it's, a, it's a form of attack rather than uh, a facilitation of conversation. And yes, there has been examples where uh, peaceful protests, emphasis on peaceful, have had good effects. Mm-hmm. But an activist is different than someone who takes part in a peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. And, and I think facilitating conversation should, should be taking place in colleges, not firing people like Jordan Peterson because he refuses to call somebody a giraffe. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, no, go ahead, Michaela. Well, I, I was going to say, I, you know, I'm, I'm not super into social media because I've just always noticed how bad I feel when I use it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I feel like I'm kind of a, a weird person to comment on any of this because I've literally never used Twitter. I think, well, actually, maybe I used it once to post something for somebody I was doing personal assistant work for. So there's a way that I see it all as kind of like, oof, man, it's just like a whole weird world. Um, that I just don't interact with a lot, but but I do really care about um, like the free movement of ideas and and dialogue and discourse, and I think there's there is merit to that space. I I think there's something inherently weird about humans communicating without even being able to hear the inflection of each other's voices, let alone each other's facial expressions and body language. Right. But um, but I I do still think like here we are. It's the modern age, and this is how we're choosing to communicate with each other. And I think there's something really cool about how how the internet can connect people who live very far away from each other, um, but can connect them in like in these, you know, um, cyber tribes, so to speak. And I think there's something really powerful about that. But to go back to what Dylan was saying about activists, it reminds me of, I, I forget, I forget the exact quote, but this idea that, <laughs> this idea that, um, if you if you think you have all the answers, uh, 
that's often like the most closed-minded and and potentially the the least intelligent place to hang out. Whereas the people who who know that they probably don't know and who know that they need to learn more um, and who don't just live inside of their opinions and overly identify with their opinions uh, are often the the more intelligent and kind of wise people. And so um, not to paint myself as the most great, because <laughs> I still, I definitely identify with my opinions, but I, I think there's something really valuable about being curious and being willing to explore all the possibilities of how, how are people thinking about things? What, what have they discovered to be true or what is something they're considering? So I think the free, yeah. the free, uh, free range thoughts is I guess how I'm thinking of it. That's what I like. But I've honestly, I've, when I saw some headline about the, the poison pill, I didn't go into it further this morning, but I felt a little sad, uh, at the, the possibility that this deal won't go through and that Twitter will continue to be, uh, a heavily censored space. So. Yeah. I mean, I think the answer to that is, um, doing what Trump did and you just pick your own, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, the American oligarchs have that ability mm-hmm. as much as, as, um, it takes time. That's why it, you know, it's taken a couple of years for, for Trump to get this going because he needed to make his own data centers. Right. Uh, because Google wouldn't let him use their servers. Right. Right. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, there is a lot to talk about. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> one, one last thing on that. Dylan got all excited. I, it reminds me of this idea of how nature favors variety and, and like a diverse ecosystem. So like having lots of different kinds of plants, having so having different servers, having different, you know, platforms and all of that, this idea of decentralized, um, I see how that ultimately builds in a lot of resilience. And, and I think that's in a way beyond feeling sad about the opinions that are being pushed forward, whether I agree with the left or not is kind of beside the point, but the, the inherent, um, lack of resilience that creating all these structures where they're all just based on the same thing and, and we're all relying on the kind of the same things. It's just, it's, it's a weak system that we're creating. So I'll leave it there. Dylan, did you uh, say yeah. I mean, yeah, go ahead, Dylan. I think parlay. I was just thinking of the example of parlay. P A R L E R. It was an app that was supposed to support free speech and, uh, it was taken down at a lot of levels. Uh, Amazon, I believe, and Google refused to support its servers, and the Android App Store and Apple refused to host it on their app stores. So at every level, it was shut down. And for fear of what? Mm. Right? For Mm. fear of what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, I, I wonder about, you know, Elon, even, even his comment about the school system and all that, it does seem like he's such a future slash forward thinking individual. And I could see how, well, you know, I mean, maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. I, I would, I would say he's forward thinking. The guy's trying to land on Mars. What, what do you say, John? Um, I, I admire Elon for being an American entrepreneur, 
right? He is the, you know, he is a, the, he and Jeff Bezos really are great examples of, um, of just, a, you know, American nobodies making billions of dollars with a great idea, mm. you know, and taking great risk to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, I, I don't know if I agree with Elon Musk on all of his on all of his uh, moral and societal platforms, but I do admire what he's trying. The point that he's trying to prove with his acquisition of Twitter. Mm. Um, you know, Dylan earlier said it best. It's like, well, before they ban me, I'll just buy it. Right. You know. I mean <laughs> that 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 is that is an oligarch answer to. Um, you know, your average Joe yeah. conundrum of, I, I don't know what to do. Right. That's so know, true. The, yeah. The local, yeah. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the itty bitty guy has absolutely no power. Twitter's like, nope, you're out. And what is your recourse? You, you could file, you, you know, uh, an appeal. Where does that go? Well, I'll right. tell you where it goes. It goes into the Twitter shredder. Yeah. So. Well, and and I think, um, you know, it's an interesting point because I think um, I, I really don't know a lot of Elon's stance on, on many things. I just know that he's, you know, he's got a lot of vision and creativity and, and success under yeah. under his belt at this guy's point. guy's going places. He's going places. Look at him. He he's keeps a, his cards close to his chest. He's a real go-getter. But but I do think, you know, so it's, so it's easy to kind of paint a narrative about him of, wow, he's really, he cares about the common good. He cares about democracy on planet earth. That's why he's doing that. And it's like, maybe that's true. Or maybe it is just that he's like, I don't want to get kicked off. <laughs> I want to have some platform where I can still communicate with the pop, with the populace and, and get feedback. Um, and maybe it's somewhere in between. Maybe it's somewhere in between all of that. Yeah, at right. the end of the day, it's scary to rely on oligarchs to determine our freedom. Oh, Let's yeah. say Elon Musk had all of the best intention in the world. It's still a scary position to be in. At the end of the day, what made America great was that our founding fathers, as citizens, uh, empowered the people to make the change. And ultimately, what is, what's going to guarantee our freedom is when the people, on average, come together and take that freedom, regardless of what the oligarchs' opinions or actions determine they do. Right. Right. I mean, the ultimate power in America is when the people, the 335 tax-paying people, put aside these, uh, these political um, segregation barriers that uh, the, the, some of the oligarchs and, and you know, politicians, because you know, the idea of a politician has been completely corrupted over the last 200 years. Yeah. A politician was, was somebody like Trump, who was independently wealthy, um, was, did not rely on their political position for, for income and prosperity, but they, they wanted to get involved mm-hmm. uh, and, and to, to help the country, to, to, to pay their dues um, in the political arena for a short period of time mm-hmm. and then move on. But right now we have, you know, we have these political dinosaurs who have been in office for a lifetime that are completely corrupt, um, indebted to lobbyists and private interests and corporations and and are just basically burying this country in, um, in uh, globalism. Mm. Um, yeah. And so when 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 the people start realizing that 
if you want to separate people, you start throwing out labels that are opposites, right? Mm -hmm. It started in the Civil War, the North and the South, mm -hmm. right? When's the last time that Southerners said anything good about the North? They're, they're mm -hmm. literal polar opposites. Yeah. Um, it, um, in the 19, uh, from the 40s to the 60s, um, with civil rights, how do you keep, how do you keep powerful communities apart? You label them opposites, black and white. Mm -hmm. There are no black people. There are no white people. Mm -hmm. There are different shades of tan people in this country. <laughs> yeah. Like we're all tan. I'm light tan and some of my friends are very dark or brown, I should say, brown. Yeah. I'm light brown and some and some of my friends are very dark brown. Hmm. We're, we're all some shade of brown. There is no black and white. This is these are uh, these are words that, you know, that generate division. Um, the left and the right, they're polar opposites. There there's no there's no commonality between your left hand and your right hand because what people fail to realize is they're still attached to the body. And the body mm. is the people. Mm. Uh, it's just people are throwing the baby out with the bathwater. They have allowed tribalism to rule their lives. Mm. Um, and, and, and what it's done is allowed uh, oligarchs to take control. The federal government should answer to the people. If the people are upset, the federal government should fold to the people, not the other way around. Well, we should not fear our government. Our government should fear us. Yeah. Well, and what's confusing is the way the government is influencing people now is that we're getting the message that not only should we, we should be upset about things that the government wants us to be upset about, but that every all of our friends feel upset about that too. That's part of that kind of echo chamber right. experience of like, there's, there's like mixed signals and like the feedback loop is broken because... I think a lot of people are convinced, oh, no, we're upset. And and our party, the right or the left, like they're the ones who care about what we're upset about when oftentimes we're being fed what to be upset about and we're not able to actually talk right. about what's going on. Anytime you let the way an individual is born determine how you're going to judge them for, your action, for their actions, uh, you're in a bad place. And that's where we're getting back. We're getting, we're getting to a place where... If you were born a certain way, uh, your judgment will differ from somebody who is born a different way. Mm. And really, at the end of the day, we should all feel comfortable judging people, whether we're on a board of 12 in court uh, or you're a police officer or you're on social media having an opinion on a matter. We should be at the place, whether it's a politician you're looking at or whatever it is, to just look at people's actions. Uh, like John was saying about Elon Musk, and I, I th we should be able to look at actions for what they are, not who is doing them. You can take that into account, right. but to let the way somebody was born determine your perception of that, um, it's been ingrained in our brains. Mm -hmm. Where if you get one person from one race doing something and they do the exact same action as somebody from another race, we are at the point where we've let the media uh, change how we see those two actions as being different. And that's not a good place to be in. So objective thought, if you find yourself agreeing with everything any person says, uh, that, that seems like an impossible scenario to me. And I think you should look within.
because Lord knows that I have been humbled by looking within myself and looking at everyone's actions for just what they are and what, what they're doing is a great place to start. And so demonizing any human being in this country is less than, especially when he used that as a grounds to censor, is why Elon Musk is doing this. I just find it sad that we have to rely on these oligarchs to decide these things for us. That's not what America was founded on. So to wrap this episode up, I think what we've all kind of come to is that America, you fuckers need to be the one making the change. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> Do something, pick things up, put them down, get your hormones right, get your food right, stop eating mm. crap, understand right. who you are, your identity, mm. don't be afraid to give things to God, go out into nature, pray, right? Find faith because it exists, and if you don't think it does, then I'm telling you, you're closing yourself off to something that is beautiful. Mm. Anyways, I love you guys, hope you have a great week. Find yourself, do some good, make a difference, help that old lady at the store reach the top shelf. You've done that so many times. I've done it you? so many times. <laughs> done it so many times. I'm the helper of old ladies. Stop bragging. Okay. <laughs> oh, Dylan, you're so strong. You're so tall. <laughs> I know you come to the store this time every week, and I know you'll help me get the can of chili down from the top aisle. I'll tell you, I've helped millions <laughs> and billions of old women. I'm not even going to lie. I can tell you who hasn't helped any old ladies. Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe. He's never helped an old lady in his entire life. <laughs> I love you guys and uh, Michaela, John. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. You guys are so great. Happy Easter! Take some time to reflect, be thankful, and uh, you guys have a great week. And I'll see you next time on Everyone Is Cancelled. Do 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 do. I love it. I. That's like my favorite. He says, you know what, instead of waiting to get banned by Twitter, I'm just I'm just gonna buy Twitter. <laughs> what a genius move. And he's just going to be running Twitter from Mars. <laughs>